0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. It's been a little while. Uh, We've all been sort of locked up, Uh, but there was an article. Jake Edwards, USL president, talked with the Athletics, so we figured let's talk about that and just sort of catch up. No, let's go because we have nowhere to go, so we're just going to go straight into it. We're all (laughs) home.
1: Guys, uh, Josh, what have you been up to, man? I mean, I feel like it's what a lot of people have been up to. It's uh, working from home and then staying home. And then getting up the next day, working from home, and then staying home. And then you forget what day it is. And it's actually Saturday, so no one's out line to work with. And then you realize it, and you feel stupid. Did that actually happen to you? You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we, we just had this conversation at work where... Uh, Uh, A woman that I work with, her kids are going through the whole like Zoom school thing. And uh, she said, like, the teacher just stopped referring to the day of the week and started referring to like what day Mm -hmm. in the stay home they're at. So it's like, oh, on day 35, I gave you this assignment and we're now on day 42. So this won't be due to day four until
1: day 44. (laughs) And it's I've heard people say that we should like reset the clock. To like year zero, like it, day zero, is around like the first day of quarantine for most people, and just like go from there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Kev, how about
2: you? Um. Yeah. Just same, the same, exact same. <laughs> what else could there be? Right.
0: I mean, there's no. Well, like... Hold on. Like, what? Okay. So, but like, you got to do something to mix it up, right? Like, what are you? What have you been doing? <laughs> the look on your face says no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stare at this wall. <laughs> <laughs> today.
1: That's
2: pretty much what it's been. Um, what you, I'll, I'll, I'll go through my, my my failed attempts at trying to keep myself busy. I think week one was uh, The Odyssey, read by Sir Ian McKellen on, on Audible. Um, I, I was I, like, hold got, on. you were
0: all excited about that. So. It was
2: great. It was great for a week, and then <laughs> I started... I would try to listen to it in bed before going to to sleep because what a better idea than Ian McKellen reading you a bedtime story. Um, He was very good at it, and I started falling asleep (laughs) during it. And I like there was five days in a row. I had to like rewind it an hour and a half. Like, and I was just like, I've lost track of where I am, and it's hard to find. And so I've listened to like the same bit of the Odyssey probably twelve times now. Um, So I'm still trying to get through that. That was that was that was a fail. Um, I tried to learn more about winemaking. Lasted about twenty minutes in that, and then I, (laughs) you know, still don't know anything about it. Um, I've tried finding. Maybe you two can help me on this. I've tried finding nintendo switches to buy online can't buy nothing Impossible. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so i which you know what to be fair it's a parent with a kid probably needs it more than i do right now but um but yeah so that's been a challenge as well so any listeners if you can help a brother out <laughs> if you find a nintendo switch hit us up
0: See, i've been spending my break helping a brother out not you but our other <laughs> brother uh early on i can't even remember the last time we talked i think we did the big green thing, but I don't even know when that was. We were gonna we were gonna record a similar mystery science theater style thing for the movie The Damned United, um, and then that just kept falling through everybody's schedules. It's interesting because it's like nobody's going anywhere, but it feels like I'm busier than I was before. Nobody started going anywhere because people know that I'm not doing anything, so they'll just like schedule a meeting with me for like that night. And I'm like, how do you know? Well, okay, yeah, I don't have anything going on. <laughs> but, like, come on. Um, but, yeah, we had, uh, so, long-time listeners, Kevin and I are brothers. We have a third brother who's in between us. We're, me and Kevin are eight years apart. He's four years between both of us. Uh, lives in New York City. Um, right before this all went down, was planning on coming here just to spend, like, a long weekend and, uh, and he called us up and was like, hey, things might get crazy here. Is it okay if we come stay with you for like a week? And we're like, sure. And that lasted five
1: weeks. Um, they just went home on Tuesday. But that was the plan, right? Like, like when he said like, hey, can we stay there for a little while? Like you, you guys knew this might be a long haul type situation. Yeah.
0: It, I, it was sort of like we assumed there was no end date um i don't -hmm. think we knew going in it was five weeks if it had to be another five weeks we would have done that as well but um you know i love my brother but after a while if you have there's like this honeymoon period where like anytime you go on vacation with people like for about a week you can put on a good like you know uh this is who i am on vacation i'm a really great person and you like get out of (laughs) your exactly once you get beyond a week you sort to hit that line and everybody just sort of reverts back to their own tendencies and what they like to do. And that's perfectly fine. Um, but there are just little things that everybody does that just start to grade on you. Um, you know, I, I understand now why, like it, it can be very difficult. The older you get in life, finding like that soulmate that just meshes with you perfectly. Cause everybody sort of gets into their own rhythm and then it just, nobody's flexible. And yeah. Um, so, that was fun. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> No, honestly, like I like I said, if they had to be here another five weeks, we'd be like, be here another five weeks. But it was a case where he very much uh, feels part of the New York City community. And, like, his building was making meals for hospital workers and things like that. And so, he was, like, missing out on that. Um, sent us video, I guess, 7 o'clock every night. Uh, everybody hangs out the window and, like, bangs on yeah. pots and pans and stuff. So, he was sending us videos of that. Um so yeah I think he's happy to be back um but yeah in the in the meantime uh we, so we have uh two two full bathrooms in this house and we had seven people here um and one of the full bathrooms the the shower was leaking so nobody was getting a shower there so we had seven people using one shower Um, and so we were like, oh, well, you know, while you're here, we might as well demo the bathroom and like actually fix the problem, which was like further down the road. But we're like, we ain't going anywhere. We you know, uh, (laughs) and at one point Jason was banging on one of the walls and he accidentally ripped a pipe out of the wall and like water starts spewing everywhere. (laughs) And he just shoved his finger in the pipe and I had to like run downstairs and turn off the water and fix it. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. Good time. Is the bathroom fixed now? Uh, it's getting there. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. it's it. You know, all the pipes are sealed up. I got the dry. I've been doing drywall recently. Uh, so now I just need to basically hang
1: tile, and then, uh,
0: yeah, it'll. And then like the kids won't have to be using our bathroom or anything like
1: that. So that'll be good. But sound like at least being productive. I, that's a lot of work. All that. I'm just like no. <laughs> I've been getting into video games more than I used to. Like. I feel like I'm rediscovering, you know, what it's like to actually just play video games again. Virtual reality. I have a headset, uh, Oculus Quest. So I've been like playing more games in the Oculus Quest, which is great because you like you can just like escape from your house for a little bit. But, like I'm gonna go on a nature walk in VR.
2: And so. another thing that's completely sold out that I've looked into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm super glad I got one of those. Uh, I, I think about a year ago now, or a year and a half, two years ago. But yeah, it's. It's definitely like one like that, and like you said, the Switch because of Animal Crossing, like it's just they're, they're non-existent. Yeah,
0: yeah. Even I mean, like we have a Switch. I probably haven't picked it up in months, and I found myself being like, I need to get out of here. So I completely started over Breath of the Wild and just started from scratch. And I'll I'll play it for like an hour and a half, and then like go work on a bathroom or uh, we got. 13 more chickens, like baby chicks, so, like, make sure they're not dead, um, and uh, that, that sounded really morbid, wow, <laughs> make sure, they're, make sure you know, they're alive, yeah, you know, no big deal, um, yeah, so there's been, you know, it, like I said, it's crazy, because you think that, like, oh, everything's shutting down, so, like, everything slows down, but, again, like, we had a meeting last week because PA West has officially canceled the spring soccer season um so we had to figure out you know what that means for our in-house program and you know communicate that to everybody and so we had to go through that and scouts is like everyone's just like oh we can meet like every night and work on merit badges and stuff and i'm like no like i'm not committed to that like i'm happy to do like one maybe one and a half nights a week but like yeah so good times Mm -hmm. um uh, so, just random questions. So, we we were doing the Mon movies uh, on Saturday nights, and then we sort of uh, I don't want to say we partnered up, but we we started to coordinate with the Hounds, and they said they were doing uh, replays. So we said, okay, well, we won't do we won't do the movie on Saturday night because there's something else for people to do Saturday night. Have you guys been watching the replays at all? Like honestly, Kevin,
1: I haven't. Like I don't have cable. I can't. Like mm. I I don't have regular tv so unless they're being streamed on espn plus which i don't think they are i think they're just on the point yeah i don't think there's a way to watch them
0: yeah no that's good i i have i honestly haven't even tried like i feel terrible about it but i'm like oh yeah, let's do this and then again it's like something else comes up and it's like well crap okay well i've seen this game i know what happens so Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> all right on on air admin is this is this what's happening right now <laughs> <laughs> i no i'm just I, i'm just wondering how many other people are out there I, like i think when this all first started there was a lot of good intention of like this is a temporary thing like we'll just sort of make do for a few weeks and then like the season will be here and the longer we go through this it's like well no like that's not the case so <laughs> like do you try to find a suitable replacement like you know god bless kenny he did his best in the rocket league but like it was a pretty quick out and out for him um and you know there's the whole esports league and and it's cool but it's not it's not soccer
1: no it's not the same at all and like um going back to the the replays of the games uh they just did it for this last one i think it's the first one they've done this for but they actually had lily do you like commentary for the game so you could watch the game and then he would pop up every once in a while and be like oh this was what was going on in my head for this part of it and like this was the conversation we had at halftime and all this other stuff like that and it is super interesting i saw clips of that and i wish i could have watched it because that that does sound really cool i hope they put that online um at some point because getting that director's commentary type thing uh for the game it's just super cool so uh, i'm I'm kind of jealous of people who did watch last week's. Yeah. No,
0: I agree. When I saw... It was posted, I think, on Twitter. Where they had, like, sort of clips of it. Things like that. And it looked amazing. So, I agree with that. Um, are you guys... Uh, let me let me ask you... Th- I mean... I don't want to say it sounds like I might be in a slightly different situation. Since I'm remodeling a bathroom. But are you guys missing soccer? Or have you found something to, like, fill the void temporarily? Kev, how how are you feeling about that?
2: Yeah, I know I am. I think for the first three weeks, um, I was fine, and I was like, "No, this is fine. I'm not missing it." I to, and to be honest, because of so I because I also follow the Premier League so closely, um, on top of the USL, I kind of like the the break from the Premier League was kind of welcome. I mean, it, it's kind of getting into the psychology of a fan, but like when you're following like a team like Liverpool in the Premier League where every game matters so much, like I get stressed and tired. I'm just like, I can't, like I can't, like every game feels like relief. Thank God we didn't lose rather than excitement. Thank God we won. So in that sense, I was like, no, I can step away from this for a while. And because USL never got really started, I didn't feel like I was necessarily missing anything, even though I was. Um, but no, after now, after whatever the, the two years it's been, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally missing it now. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to find, I'm finding old um, clips and, and watching those terrible YouTube highlights of like, you know, with the terrible EDM music that just plays for nine minutes and <laughs> just like, yeah, um, watching those. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready for, for something uh, to come back into play. We, and it brings in an interesting question. I, I know th- there's been a lot of talk. Not, maybe I, I, to be honest, I haven't kept my finger on the pulse of, um, kind of fan conversations around what the USL might look like but for kind of global soccer in general there has been and we, and we talked about it I guess earlier about well there needs to be kind of fans in the stadium because revenue is so important match day revenue is so important for a lot of clubs in the USL um, but what what soccer might look like behind closed doors and and that kind of experience and watching it and and how maybe some, t- at some leagues might need to do that to keep going, and some it doesn't matter because match day revenue is so important. So, um, yeah.
0: I mean, we'll we'll get into that a little bit here with the whole Jake Edwards interview with The Athletic, but I guess I haven't been following the European conversation that closely. Does it sound like that there's potential for them to play closed-door games because the TV revenue is high enough that it would warrant it? There, So there's enough talk
2: of... Well, I guess uh, first and foremost, the likes of Germany and Spain are already talking about legitimately opening their league back up in May. Um, they've they, they've made decisions that like around May tenth ish. Um, like I know German clubs are going to go back training um, and like meet. Um, and I and and there's at least conversations of this is a global enough product that yeah, even though it's match day fans are really important. They're an important part of kind of selling the product with the atmosphere and everything. But there's so many people, there's so many fans in in China and India and all over the world in the US that could also benefit from having this back on the television and watching it. And and so I think there's an acknowledgement to that. And also, yeah, I mean, it's we're also kind of waking up to the fact that even though these are these super seemingly super rich multi-million dollar clubs a lot of its money in money out and a lot more of them are on shoestring budgets that we th- that you know or they're closer to shoestring budgets than we thought um and uh... and so they're trying to figure out you know they might need to do that for for TV revenue purposes so um, yeah i, I think the the sense I've gotten from the European scene is, yeah, they're it's they're they're within months of making moves for sure, like serious moves.
1: Yeah, um, Bundesliga is actually May 9th. Uh okay. So they're like they're they're ready to go. I think they had to get. Uh, they're waiting on the okay from the country from Germany uh, just, just to like sign off on it. But it is going to be closed door. I think the most people that are allowed in the stadium is three hundred people in the stadium and i got a feeling that's mostly just staff and stuff like that like it's not actually going to be fans probably yeah. or at least not like any significant portion of that um so yeah and they're they they come they came out with a schedule and everything so they, they're ready to go like that's going to be the first league it looks like as far as major league uh is going to be Bundesliga. <laughs>
2: And by the way, have you guys watched um before everything shut down, there were some, there like highlights that you can find of Champions League matches being played in empty stadiums. Have you guys watched that
0: yet? I saw <laughs> some of the clips, yeah. It it is weird,
2: but now I'm like, Bring it on. I don't care. <laughs> like, I'll, yeah, I'll watch like, it. It's
1: figures can't be choosers at this point. Yeah. Like I I feel like a lot of us are just starved for uh live soccer. I mean, not I mean, not just live, but just like, you know, not watching highlights or watching previous games where you know the results just like hey i always want to watch a game and like be able to be engaged in it again uh but yeah for my for myself though uh going back to the original question of you know i'm missing it obviously yes i'm i'm hugely missing it especially since it's like a big part of my social life is like going to the soccer games the Steel army Mm -hmm. doing Tifo, doing stuff with them and for us, the season had already started because we had, like, started going to preseason games, started to work on TIFOs. We've had the AGM. We started membership drive, and, like, we were, like, ready to go. So it was just, like, everything came to a screeching halt. And it's like, uh, mm, all right, I guess we wait. I have, you know, like, 200 scarves in my basement to <laughs> give to people and that kind of stuff. And it's like, all right, well, crap. <laughs> yeah.
0: Kev, um, so I got two two quick questions here on on that topic. One, considering the type of research that you do, I'm I'm asking not to divulge anything, but in your professional opinion, do you think that opening back up soccer at this point is the right move?
2: Um, well, two two things. First, yeah, I need to qualify at best. I can call myself a data scientist. I'm not an epidemiologist. Yes, I've, I I, am privileged enough to work in a place where I'm seeing a lot of models by epidemiologists that aren't necessarily out there yet, and, and I am getting exposure to a lot of data every day about this. Um, second, it, it it depends on what you mean by, like, soccer opening up. Like we said, like, there's a difference behind no no fans in the stadium and 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 players playing behind closed doors, and there's a difference between things going on as usual, and there's a difference of where Germany or, or the UK or US or whatever, um, and so on on a spatial level, yes, some some countries are more ready than others for sure. Um, the, the like the trends in Germany, yeah, that's. All of that chat seems reasonable based on the data that's coming out of Germany. For U.S., it's still probably too early. Um, t- to be honest, a-, a lot of the major co- uh, countries in Europe, they're, yeah, they're a lot closer than we are to, to having this kind of conversation. Even still, I, yeah, I mean, there's no way you would want to have fans in a stadium, um, even in, in the leagues that are opening up soon. Um, and it's, it's going to be a while for that um but i think it's it's getting to the point in some countries where you, you you can manage it to an extent where you can you can heavily follow and trace and monitor the players and the staff and the coaches and 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 feel fairly confident that nothing serious is going to happen with them um, i think that's that's a possibility
0: all right just tell us if when is this going to be over just like you <laughs> no. 18 I'm months, just, I'm just kidding. Don't, yeah. Don't even try that. Um, secondly, I almost feel, okay. So we've just talked about how starved everybody is for sports. And there's been a lot of conversation. What the NFL draft was just the other night. And it was like this huge thing because there's literally no other sports on TV. Part of me wonders, like, did the USL miss an opportunity here? to basically partner with some major network and say, listen, there's no other sports right now. We will play in front of zero fans, and you just stream the games, and everybody will watch it because there's literally nothing else to watch. Um, I don't know how you pull that together, but I'm just thinking like in an ideal world, it's like go to ESPN and be like, what else are you airing right now, ESPN? What do you got? Like You got nothing. Yeah, but there's a
2: reason why they're not airing anything else because I think even at this state that – Players coming into contact with each other probably isn't the best idea.
0: Oh no no no. I don't disagree with that. But I'm I'm saying (laughs) could there have been a way where it's like, okay, we're shutting we're quarantining everybody for two weeks, all the players, like test them, which that's a whole nother conversation. Test them and be like, they're clean Now go play behind closed doors, and we're gonna air it on TV. Like, there's a lot of like
1: variables here that I'm just brushing to the side. <laughs> like, New contracts with ESPN. It could have been that override old contracts <laughs> with ESPN. It
0: could have been like a pretty crafty marketing strategy, and we would have still had
1: soccer. But <laughs> it's it's nice to want things. I... It's nice to want things. <laughs> Very diplomatic, Josh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All
0: right, let's talk. Let's guys, let's talk about. It. So Jake Edwards did do an interview with the Athletic, and um, there was a couple of things that they talked about. Uh, specifically, you know, when um, he, Jake Edwards, being the president of USL, when he envisions um, the league coming back. I think you know one of the most telling things is that it seems like they're trying to be very intelligent about it. They're not committing to a date which I think is a good thing. Um, He basically said, like, look, the odds of us coming back in May are, like, slim to none. Um, He mentioned that they are having daily meetings with the Players Association to sort of figure out how people are feeling, about training, and all of that. But at this point, they have different models that they've already set up and put in place for coming back in June, July, August, September. Um, And they've talked about potentially breaking... The um, conferences up into smaller divisions so that you can at least get some games in. Josh, what are your thoughts on you know playing a I don't know a ten game season with a division of five teams and uh, and just sort of seeing how it goes?
1: I mean, I, at this point, beggars can't be choosers. I mean, it's going to be first off it, that limits travel costs, and that's going to be something that these teams need. Be limited or they need to be subsidized by the the uh by the league because travel costs is huge when you're trying to you know get the whole crew to a game and then also you gotta keep in mind that like the revenue that they have built up usually it's like okay from those ticket sales from last week we can pay for this flight or like not flight but like this you know bus whatever gas and all that stuff hotels um so that's gonna be kind of needed now for the hounds we're in a kind of a crappy situation here where there's a lot of places that even locally is going to be really far away where we have to get a overnight hotel and you know a long bus trip because it's there's not that many clubs close to us uh relatively like compared to like some other areas so it's it's I understand why they're doing it. Um, I'm wondering how much of a difference it's going to make for for the Hounds, but it does stop any need for any air travel. Like all of it's going to be bus travel, yeah. which is good. It just it's still going to make for long nights
0: on the bus. Yeah, I was going to pose the question. Okay, and this is all theoretical. Nobody has said that this will be divisions with five teams in each division, but if the Hounds had Four other teams in a division with them so that they could play a total of 10 games or whatever it is I would have to guess that those four other teams would likely be Philly Red Bulls 2 Loudoun and uh, I'd say Louisville but you gotta imagine like Louisville and Indy and St. Louis are gonna be together um, maybe Charleston
2: I think that that's the hardest part is trying to figure out like reasonable clusters not necessarily who's closest to us. Right. But but reasonable clusters. Yeah, no. Louisville Louisville would be um I have the benefit of looking at a map right now. Um well, I mean like yeah, like Louisville would be with Andy and Nash no. Nope, yep, <laughs> not map, with Nashville. That's Nash, old. <laughs> Hartford, we'd probably have Hartford. What year is it? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, an old map. Yeah, Hartford. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> this is back when Florida was still owned by Spain. Um. <laughs> the Wilmington Hammerheads. Hey, Rochester's back! Look at that! <laughs> <laughs> when that happened? <laughs> yeah. So I, I I don't even know. I I mean I'm with you, Josh. I think beggars can't be choosers. I think. But I I think that the one interesting thing that that Edwards pointed out was that. He's in constant contact with all the teams. The fact that there were very few teams that were profitable in the first place, which who knows if the Hounds are actually profitable. I'm sure if we just asked Tuffy,
1: he would tell us. But um, I think he said no already. I think he's he's been pretty vocal about like, I just want this team to break even. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't have to make money. I just can't lose money. Yeah. So the fact that he was saying that means that, like, yeah, it wasn't profitable. Right.
0: Um, but it sounds like teams are thinking well beyond 2020 and they already have plans for 2021, 2022, 2023. So everybody's taking sort of the long-term approach to like, how are we going to get back on our feet from this after this is all over? Um, which is good. So it's it feels like nobody's rushing into anything. Um, it sounds like very far down the list of things would be taking on like a European type schedule and playing fall through spring. I think for something like the USL, that makes sense just because we've seen turnout at games whenever it's just really rainy. Like it's just, it's not at the level of the European leagues at all. So um, has there been any um, news
2: about clubs potentially going bust in the, in the U S?
1: No more than usual. Okay. like You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's 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 not a situation where anyone said, like, because of COVID, this is going to happen. Right. Uh, we haven't seen that. Now, there are clubs that were already on the brink that I feel like are going to have a hard time, but no one said, like, hey, we're calling it quits because of this. Right.
0: Yeah. I think everybody's sort of doing a, a wait and see and cross your fingers and hope that it's over sooner rather than later, and then we'll figure it out from there, which, I mean... To be honest, I think that's how a lot of us are living our life right now. So, you know, can't really um, be upset about that. Uh, One thing that was interesting was that the U.S. Soccer Federation came out and basically said that they are shuttering their development academy, uh, which this was not part of the whole athletic piece. This came out earlier, but... That puts a lot more emphasis on uh, MLS academies and USL academies, which Jake Edwards went on to say that, you know, he's very happy with how the USL academies have been developing. Obviously, the Hounds Academy is a pretty big academy, pumps out a lot of players. So I don't know if this necessarily impacts us the same way that it may impact some other teams with local talent. Um, it would be interesting to talk to, you know, maybe Jason Cutney to sort of get his thoughts on what this potentially means for players who go through the Riverhounds Academy that could have progressed to the U.S. Uh, Soccer Federation's uh, system, and now that that's not available, um, what that means. It may not mean anything, but, um, but yeah, that was just another interesting piece of it that 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 the U.S. Soccer Federation is now leaning much more heavily on USL and MLS developmental academies um to develop players that will eventually feed into the u.s system so i don't know if either of you has any thoughts on that approach or what that may mean because i feel like that's something that we were all kind of hoping we would get to eventually that like the leagues would be stable enough that this would be something that could happen um the timing of it just feels kind of weird but
1: yeah it would have been nice if this happened because like hey the develop are the academies from USL and MLS are strong enough now where we can get rid of this instead it kind of felt like like hey this fell apart yeah <laughs> it's like mm, okay well, that's not a good thing like i was hoping for more stability not less um so we'll see <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i guess
2: i don't know enough i'm uneducated about um other national youth academies um about like what the model is in england spain germany whatever um i thought this is purely speculation but from my experience i thought it was still club based in a lot of the european systems um it is yeah Yeah. where, where where obviously you would still have you know the the nation would have their whatever under under 12s or whatever and they would obviously have coaches to coach their under 12 team, but that was the extent of it. And you still do your main kind of development in, in a club based system. Um, I think I think the interesting thing is what this could potentially mean for I, I, I know we, we have a, or maybe we do. I don't know. I, on, on, the, on the article that we're talking about with Edwards with the interview um, about like kind of identity in the U.S., I, I, I wonder what this means for building any kind of identity in the U.S. as far as like soccer identity is concerned and whether or not this will help or hurt. I think initially on the face of it, you might say, well, it, it, it might hurt because we're directly taking out this kind of purely like U.S. national youth training where you're stripping away any opportunity to develop a kind of playing style identity in, in youth development. But I think on the other hand, I don't know, may- maybe it then just al- allows for an opportunity to create more kind of individualistic identity within the clubs and cities themselves, which could be a really good thing. Um, you know there's you know th- there's there's a general idea of what like a German style is or what an English style is, but there's still a lot of variation. you know like Burnley are very different than Manchester City. <laughs> and it's, and, and and that's a good thing, I think, for the league as itself and for viewers to, to chime into, to get an idea and to, to get behind certain philosophies and certain clubs and certain ideas. And I think that could potentially be interesting. Um, I mean, we're talking about something, you know, we just dropped a stone in in a pond and we're waiting for a ripple out at the edge of the pond. I mean, it's going to take a while for anything like this to potentially happen. But I think the, the, the potential implications for... For changes like this and youth development in in the U.S. or really in any country, um, yeah, it's. I, I think it could could make an interesting impact if if it sticks like this and 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 youth players wanting to play in the U.S. actually make you know they actually flow to the clubs, uh, youth academies, and, and and that changes something.
0: I think I agree with that, but my concern is that. If this were under normal circumstances, I think I would be much more happy about it. My concern is that right now we just talked about, you know, are there clubs that are going to go under? Are there academies that are going to go under? Because, you know, they have a massive staff and right now nobody's playing. Nobody's paying to play. And how long is this going to go on? So I think we were headed, you know, that like vector of trajectory. We were headed in the right direction until this all hit. And so I think if, if, like Josh said, if it was just like, well, we're in a great place, so we're going to turn this down and put it all off on the on the academies, that would be super. Um, I'd feel a lot better about it. I, but I, I agree that in an ideal scenario, I like going to the more localized approach rather than trying to say at a national level, this is how everybody should play. It's like, well, no, like develop your own identities, have your own clubs, and then we'll sort of pick from you know, the talent that comes out of those, and that talent will each have their own sort of flares and individualistic senses of the community that they came from. So,
1: yeah. This just makes me really want to talk to Cutney about this. Like, I really want to see what he feels like and see where his his head's at with this, because, yeah, obviously he's more close to the situation and knows a little bit more about what's going to happen than, you know, mm-hmm. us. <laughs> Maybe that's
0: something I mean, we could do next week. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You got to
2: imagine it will have an effect. I mean, I mean, oh yeah, th- definitely. There, there are kids who were in these systems and would were planning on being the, to these systems. They're not gonna just like, well, all right, I'm done playing soccer forever. Like, that's not gonna, you know, they're gonna find somewhere to to mm-hmm. kind of sharpen their craft and hone their craft, and and that probably means yeah, local uh, clubs close to them and and their youth academies. You wonder what that does. You know, could they have been a better player in a, in a national setup, or you know, could they potentially be a better player for the for the club? I think probably undoubtedly the club the club's benefit from it. Um, it, it raises everyone's game. Uh, but
0: yeah, it's really really fascinating thing to think about. I was gonna say I have a lot of thoughts on this, but maybe I will just table this and we'll try to get me on here to talk about it um, and sort of pick his brain. Good call Josh. We'll do that. Um, one other big piece that, uh, that Jake Edwards talked about that everybody always loves to talk about is pro rel. And he keeps saying like, this is something that's going to happen. His, his direct quote was that we are not anywhere near the point where we're going to put 20, 30, 40 million worth of talent on the field. In the absence of that, why are people tuning in and engaging? Well, you know, obviously we as fans are going to tune and engage, but they're looking for that hook. Or that gimmick to draw in out of market fans, and he seems to think that pro rel is that thing. Um, I think it's been interesting that there have been a number of people who've tried to put together, um, sort of intelligent ways that we could potentially do pro rel. I think a lot of people automatically just say, Oh, drop all the two teams down, don't let them move up, blah blah blah. Um, I I don't know. I mean, considering everything that's going on right now, Josh, if you had sort of a magic wand and can make all sorts of things happen, how early do you think pro rel actually happens in the USL?
1: I, that's the thing. The problem is well, the first problem, the, the, the thing that the hurdle you have to jump first is going to be getting League One up to snuff because if league 1 is not up to snuff like it doesn't matter how good you are in league 1 because uh, the competition's such a different you know tier that even if you're the best league 1 team you might be complete crap in league in championship and that's what it's at right now like the league 1 teams are not good enough to compete in league at the bottom tier of uh championship so if that does not you know if those two don't mesh well they don't bleed into each other you're not going to have Abilities where teams could stay up if they got up, it would be kind of like a a, a, you know a yo-yo situation where the team like goes up, they go down, they go up, they go down, and that's not good for the team. And I think the other thing is you have to worry about the requirements of the different leagues from the US uh, SF. So like you know have to have at least five thousand K stadium, have to have at least you know certain amount of uh, front office staff, and all these other requirements that are there right now can a league one team meet those requirements at a drop of a hat (laughs) no they can't they can barely survive where they're at right now so it it would be awesome though like it it, what your original saying like you know how long do i see it taking they keep on saying two to three years but i feel like that two to three years is going to be a moving goalpost i think every year it's going to be two to three years away I don't see it happening for another five, six, maybe even 10 years, depending on where we're at.
0: Yeah. I know at one point our buddy Phil Grooms did an interview with Jake Edwards and he initially threw out the idea of a cross league tournament, um, sort of a, you know, we didn't even talk about the U S open cup basically shutting down for the first time ever. Like it didn't even shut down during what world war two, um, but a cross-league tournament that would be specific to USL League One and championship, and I think that could be something that you could start doing, like, next year and just sort of gauge, like, what's the competition level like? And if you have a couple USL League One teams that are getting up and beating some championship teams, now you start to gauge where that bar is. But if the championship teams just steamroll them, then, like... You're right. It's like you don't want that yo-yo effect. So then you say, okay, well, then let's wait a few years. And maybe you do that tournament every year. And once you start to see some things develop, then you sort of make that call. Okay, this is a team that could potentially move up and uh, and go from there. So,
1: But, I mean, with that said, though, like this would be awesome. Oh, yeah. This would be a way to differentiate the USL from MLS and give us something that is special and unique to this league uh, in America. Uh, it would be very very beneficial i think if they can get it to work the problem is you're not starting from scratch it's not like they can just be like okay this half of u.s uh championship you are now league one and this half is still uh you know championship and now you guys get to compete and it will work its way out that's almost an easier way of doing this like splitting this league into two than it is trying to like bring in this other league that is nowhere near as financially stable and you know is still forming we're still getting like Five ten leagues being announced you know what i mean like our teams being announced for that league for league one so it's it's just nowhere near ready yeah
0: i think it's encouraging that there is a ton of interest in usl um just as a an investment opportunity i think what was it tom brady tom brady was quoted as saying something about like you know, there was no USL team in some city or something like that. So, like, I think there are investors looking to get involved because the potential is there, and lots of cities want teams. And right now, the option is basically League One because the the bar has sort of been raised enough in the championship that um, the investment is going to be substantially more to get a stadium that can seat 5K and have so much front office that. It's easier to get in at that base level, League One, and then grow and hopefully make your way up. Um, Kev, do you, I mean, I don't know. I, you you watch a lot of Pro Rel, Are you, I feel like we've had this conversation before, but where do you stand on things, especially with sort of Edward's latest comments?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, in an ideal world, I think removing all the, influencing variables I think pro is a, is an interesting system that keeps games entertaining at the end of the season um, because whereas before the 16th and 17th place teams playing each other would be a bore to be honest most times it still is a bore but at least you have the 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 theme running through it of one of these teams can go down that's a big thing and and it creates more of an edge in the game so I think yeah. Ideally, it's great. Also, it creates this natu- natural mix of, of uh, you know, exciting to see new teams come up or whatever. And um, that being said, I, I still think geography is one of the biggest constraining factors to, to pro in the U.S. Um, you know, the, the reason why it works so well in a lot of the European companies is... Not only they're ge- geographically they're much smaller, but generally they have much better transportation systems, especially to allow fans to get from place to place. Um, you know, one probably probably the worst European situation, and I'm probably overlooking something. But in Russia, you know, looking at the distance between—I just did this quickly—the distance between Moscow and St. Petersburg, and that's not even the furthest distance for the Russian <laughs> leagues, but two big cities in uh, Moscow and St. Petersburg that travel distance is the distance from both corners of, of England travel. So that's just, that's just two major cities in Russia. You know, England, maximum travel, you're talking about 350 miles. Um, and that's just the distance between Moscow. And, and that's like nothing for us. You know, we're asking seriously low league teams on much lower budgets to make far traveling, you know. And on top of that, if you want a good fan atmosphere you ideally want fans to go to that too and that's just that's just not reasonable so yeah i think i think geography is still a massive issue um that could be cut by transportation innovations and money i mean you still have something like the champions league where you have russian sides playing greek sides or whatever but, I mean, these are extremely wealthy clubs that can hire private jets to fly the team overnight in comfort and in style and blah, blah, blah. And so that's not that big of an issue for them. We're not at that stage in, in U.S. soccer. We don't have that money to to do this for every club that, that can, you know. So I don't, I, and to the answer to that is, I, I mean, the, the, the first thing that comes to mind is, is further spatial segregations of leagues. But I, I don't know if that's, that's probably not great. That's probably not a great <laughs> idea. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, you could maybe think of having kind of multiple segregated leagues, and then some kind of playoff tournament of the top teams in each league, or something like that. Like almost like a Champions League of just within the U.S. Um, but I was. But I don't know.
1: I, yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable, though. Like, I, we already see East and West and Championship pretty much be two different leagues. Yeah. Like, as much as we call this USL Championship, this is really USL Championship West and USL Championship East. Yeah. Like, we don't play each other until the playoffs. And I would see League One being even more focused like that. Like, hey, this is USL, League One, you know, Northwest, East West, like all that kind of stuff. And then you, you finally get... Uh, them playing in the playoffs at the very end it's like whoever's the top team in the east uh they actually come up to the usl championship east and top league our team in the west goes up to the usl championship west and that's how it would go like you know what i mean like i would see something like that working i don't expect them to have more or less travel because of it though because they're already going to be playing in the west or the east
2: honestly w- like could you guys i I personally think we would have to even go further and have a northeast and a southeast. I was
0: I was just going to say, what it, okay, imagine this. So imagine that we get to the point where there are so many teams between the championship, League 1, League 2, that if travel is such an expense and such a factor that the USL says, okay, and I don't ever envision this happening, but says, okay, we're going to dissolve the divisions and basically have like six separate leagues. You have sort of like a northeast, you have a southeast, you have two in the middle, and then you have a northwest and a southwest. And now you have basically these <laughs> How about you just say two in the middle? Everything <laughs> else gets names and labels Yeah, whatever. Yeah, two in I'm, the middle. I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking about from
1: like the standpoint... very
0: hand
2: wavy over
1: a huge part of the country. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of land. It's not a lot of people yeah,
0: <laughs> But but I mean think about it. Think about it. Okay, so think about like bus trips. Okay. So like you're talking about Realistically, if we have you know however many teams that you could get to within four to five hours, if the Steel Army could schedule three, four, five bus trips a year that aren't that far away, you know that makes competition a lot hotter well, and, and it makes, here's makes c- it if people are saving on travel, that's money that could be spent on players. So you could be bringing in more players. Here's the context of that too, though, Mike. You said four to five hours
2: would be like, oh, that would be nice. Like listen to a Newcastle supporter oh, no, talking I, about having to go to Southampton and that's oh, like yeah, and yeah. that's a pain to them. You
1: know what I mean? So it's No, like, yeah, yeah. But Americans are used to traveling farther. Right. Like to just in general. Like I have friends I from England who live in America now and like when I'm like, Yeah, I used to live half an hour from work, they're like, That's like forever away. What are you doing? I'm like, No, that's just how far I had to go to the mall. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not a big deal to me. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts on something like that, where if we were in a league that was literally like PA, Ohio, West Virginia, and the rest of you know New England? I th- I, th- I mean
2: yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I think it works if there are more clubs, and it's weird because it's you know you have to you have to kind of balance on this line of I think before we would enter and enter in this discussion. I would say there there'd be almost a serious concern over having too many clubs in the U.S. system, currently how it's structured. Um, but if we if we if we proposed this kind of transition of subdivisions, um, then you you need more clubs to to have a reasonable number of teams and to make it interesting and exciting. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's. I, you know, why not? Whatever. We're a podcast. We can say
1: whatever. <laughs> we don't have to actually figure this out. We just have to say if it's cool or not. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I do think it kind of makes sense to have it more cut up into sections, to regions, the lower down you go. And the higher up you go into that chart of the pyramid, it, the less regions there are. So while you're saying that, like, you know, there's, like, let's say four, four regions, uh, maybe in USL League One, there's four. But maybe in USL Championship, there's only two, and then like it kind of goes up and down from there. Um, but I would actually prefer if you know all the competition was was good and all that kind of stuff. I I do think having less travel time for even USL Championship is better. Uh, it just feels less pro at that point. I mean, honestly, it does. Like when once you, you're being like, oh yeah, we're, we only play local people. It's like eh, okay. Obviously, it's not as big of a league at that point it doesn't feel as big unless you got into like a champions league type situation where it's like okay well now if you're the top of usl championship in each one of these four quadrants now you're part of the champions league and you are playing more teams from other areas i think that's that's an exciting idea that brings in more travel again though so like,
2: so it's but but i think hopefully what you could potentially do is the the excitement around A competition like that should bring in more revenue for those clubs and then by get just like the champions league by getting into that league more revenue comes back to you you can invest in your infrastructure invest in travel costs all that kind of stuff invest in player money i mean at the end of the day if 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 a big problem and if a big barrier existing in u.s soccer is bringing in more revenue for the sport creating enticing things to you know for 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 fans to watch is really important i think that's something that that would be enticing to watch that can get more you know ad revenue that can get more uh, tv time and um and so you're right i think the first year it might be a bit of a challenge and maybe only historically mls teams could you know could, could swing it as far as travel costs are concerned but even still, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I For the, fir- the first few years, I think it would be more challenging. But the longer it goes on and the more money that gets into the system, I think the, the more it would help.
0: I mean, like, Kev, you just touched on something where, a, you know, a basic marketing strategy is find your audience and then sell as many things to your audience as you can. So right now, most games are once a week. And, you know, introducing more games, you're not... You're not necessarily finding a new audience for those additional games. You're selling it to the same audience that you already have. So there's an opportunity there for more ad sales, more TV sales, more everything, if you already have that audience, and now you're just giving them more product to consume. Now, you get into the whole like, multiple games per week, you get into fatigue, but I think with something of a... Uh, gravitas of something like a champions league that you could have fans that would get behind that regardless of, Oh, it's a midweek game. Like, yeah, you get up for that. It's similar to what we, you know, we sort of go through for the U S open cup, but we're playing, you know, amateur teams and guys who get off the bus and have to have a smoke break before they jump on the field. Like it's a totally, but it's a totally different like sense of, and they still commit. Yeah. (laughs) Different (laughs) sense of commitment and, and, and draw. So yeah, interesting. Oh. I mean, it,
2: the, the whole like geographic kind of spread is, is still a significant issue. And if you go far enough down in the tiers in presumably every country, but I know for a fact at least in England, if you get far enough down the tiers, they subdivide, even though England's a fa- fairly small yeah. country, and you know, they still have regions of play where they don't expect you know a, a, a Tier 4 team in the Northeast to play a South Coast team because that would be understandably kind of difficult for them. So yeah. And, and, and that kind of itself kind of naturally, um, uh, kind of, uh, fake sorts itself out over time, because while there is an opportunity for say Accrington Stanley in England to get to the champions league one day, they're not going to like, it's, that's never going to happen. And they're not going to have to worry about travel costs to Belgium or, or to, to Turkey. And so, you Know and cut to 20 years later, uh, Ackerman Stanley,
1: <laughs> but uh, they hoist the cup, <laughs>
0: but uh, but yeah, it feels like you know, we've got a lot of great ideas here. We just need to get Jake Edwards on the show, too, and we'll just float these past him and see what he thinks.
1: Yeah, Bill, like, yeah, we thought about that. Yeah, we thought yeah, about that. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're so why that. like, oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, we, did, we, need, <laughs> cool. we we just need cool.
2: We just need more uh, football quarterbacks to invest in. That's uh, right, teams. Yeah. And and once we get enough teams, enough quality, we're good.
0: Quote from Jake Edwards: It's nice to want things. Oh, yeah. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of football quarterbacks, completely random. Did you guys hear the story about Tom Brady just walking into some dude's kitchen? Nope. <laughs> so Tom Tom Brady now plays for Tampa Bay, and uh, Byron Leftwich. Uh, is in Tampa Bay, and apparently they were texting or something. And Tom, are we supposed
2: to know who Byron Leftwich is?
0: He was a quarterback. He, I think, he still plays for Tampa. He used to play for the Steelers at one point. A football person. A football person. Yes, there you go. Um, and so Tom Brady was supposed to go over Byron Leftwich's house in Tampa. And apparently Byron said something like, oh, the door's open, just come on in. Well, some dude's like sitting at his kitchen counter eating cereal, reading the news, and Tom Brady just walks in this guy's house and drops his back and looks up and goes, I'm in the wrong house, aren't I? And the guy's just like, you freaking Tom Brady, what are you doing in my house? Oh, so, uh, uh, that, that
2: story would have been so much better if the person didn't know football at all and just thought Tom Brady was a yeah. random d- Like, get out of my house. Like, what are
0: you doing, you <laughs> creeper? What are you doing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I've been that guy before where I didn't know the person It's famous. Like, when I worked at Apple, uh, we would have uh, Steelers players come in all the time to like get their phones fixed and all that kind of stuff. And I'd be like fixing some guy's phone and it'd be done. And everyone's like, dude, you just fixed blah's phone? I'm like, who? I just thought
0: he was a giant that weighed 400 pounds. Yeah, I had no idea. It's like, I don't know. There was a scout video that was circulating that made me smile where Kevin Hart was doing some workout thing and he took one of the Jonas brothers with them. And it was like a big deal. And one of the scouts at like halfway through the video was like, wait, you're one of the Jonas brothers. It's like, (laughs) yep. (laughs) Knock him down a peg. That's great. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Well, this felt somewhat cathartic, you know? Yeah.
1: this felt like a regular episode. Like there was stuff to talk about. There's things going on. I mean, not real soccer, but
0: (laughs) if only we could find something like this, like every week to talk about, that'd be great. Well we'll try to get cutney on we'll see maybe if we can talk to him next week um, yeah if you have any ideas let us know we' we're, we're happy to yeah. talk about stuff for sure what do you guys uh, have going on this week anything uh anything exciting any ventures to the great outdoors
1: I mean I plan on going downstairs to the kitchen after this to get that's food. not outdoors that's...
0: like I, mean,
1: I didn't say it was into the <laughs> venture though. Uh, actually, just got dropped off at my house while we we're recording. Uh, my new ergonomic keyboard just Ooh. came in. that I'm super excited yeah. for It's like a split keyboard, mechanical. Yeah. Uh, nice cherry. click to uh, it. Keys. Yeah. Yeah, it has cherry. Yeah. It, I'm. Uh, it's sitting there in the box, waiting for me to open up. After Are you this, worried so that you're excited. like not gonna be like? I
2: feel like I would not naturally, intuitively get that immediately. The split keyboard.
1: I mean, I already use a Microsoft uh, keyboard that is set up to be like ah, kind of split. Interesting. So it's it's like partially split. It's not actually two pieces, but this one's actually two pieces. Now they are held together by a cord, like to link the two. Right. But yeah, I'm super excited for it. My my work paid for it, so I did. I went crazy. like, yeah, we're paying for ergonomic stuff because you guys are working from home. I'm like, okay, cool. Here's a keyboard. And I was like, please accept it. Please accept it. it." Like suckers. (laughs) Does this mean on future episodes we're just going to hear, oh, I don't know what that is. (laughs) No, no. I I tried not to touch keyboards while we're recording. Kev, what do you got going on this week? Nothing. (laughs) 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 Okay.
0: so depressingly come on man pick up a hot like learn spanish like do something
2: i hate that
1: no i've tried <laughs> no i've don't I've, learn I've, spanish I've don't, don't learn any language don't don't better yourself at all just just survive uh, all right kevin
0: <laughs>
2: no i yeah i mean it's it's really i've i've gotten into trash tv uh, it's it's a whole new world. Wait 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 uh, like
0: uh, like like Real Housewives trash or like what Real Housewives we- trash? Oh, yeah, Kevin. heck yeah. Man. <laughs> yep.
2: I've learned the acronyms. Um, so there's Roni, Real Housewives of New York. Um, there's <laughs> all sorts of different things. Um, no, so so oh. Riley, Riley, my fiance was already kind of into it, and then so she would just be watching it naturally, and uh, and now that I've been around more and more and more, and she, like it's been on the TV, I just keep kind of catching catching my eye and then i'm like and then i would start asking questions like did lisa vanderpump really just do that like I can't. <laughs> and like yeah and so it's i'm telling you man once you get into it uh it's it's oh. it's not bad good, I, good trash fe- TV. I feel
0: like we need to call the baby bulls now roni like that's their <laughs> Rony. um
2: but no it oh, when the other the other kind of double whammy right now is i've since moving down in oxford i have i've developed serious uh allergies um to pollen and uh and knoxville is one of like the worst places in the u.s for pollen apparently um because of like yeah the topography and i I guess technically i'm sure i've said this before but i think knoxville is technically in a temperate rainforest um like that's how we're classified um so yeah it's just brutal every time i step outside right now it's just it's rough but you know we're getting close to the end of it hopefully um, and I can start going outside a bit more, but just, 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 just housewives. And, uh, <laughs> that's about it really.
0: <laughs> do you know, get, take, take a wild guess at what my next project is that I'm lining up here.
2: Are you building Auto. a second house? Cause I feel like that's no. what probably would
0: farm. Do. Are you like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm considering building a triple decker bunk bed just to do it.
1: That sounds like a broken arm waiting to happen
0: from a kid. Yeah. No, the situation that we're in is like our our kids, like we have a three bedroom house and we have three kids. So we always just assume like one of them would like move in the other room. But I, I guess I should be happy that they're all so close that they're all like, Yeah, no. Like we just want to be in the same room. It's fine. So like the footprint right now is we have a bunk bed and then we have another bed and then we have two dressers in this room. And so there's like literally no space for anything. So I was like, hmm. Let's uh let's try to make this more efficient. If I could figure out how to do a triple decker bunk bed, the ceiling's only eight feet high. So it's not like this the top bunk would be. It'd basically be like a submarine. Like you'd basically have like two foot clearance (laughs) between the mattress and the bed above you. But I was like, it could be really sweet. You could put some like string lights like underneath the bed above you. You could put a little holder for like a tablet, so you could lay on your back and like watch TV on like the the, the bed above you. So like I think I got people sold on it. I just
2: to to, to the one person that's still listening. You sound <laughs> like you sound like an evil prison architect. Like, I mean, like you're like how can we shove more people in this cell? triple bunk bed it's like got it like a uh,
1: japanese like a hotel pod, yes, yes. like the little pods you're, you're essentially just gonna make it like a a, a pod farm like
0: <laughs> i'll be honest my kids i think are like sold because i said tablets above you like tvs they're like that's fantastic my wife yeah my <laughs> wife is like look like i can't imagine she said they're still growing like if they ever get to be as tall as you like that's not gonna be comfortable so I'm not saying it's going to happen. I've got a few other, like, projects on the list, but that's, like, one that's percolating there that I've been thinking about trying to figure out a way to make that happen. So we'll see. Your poor kids. I don't think it's great. It'll be super. <laughs> yeah, they, they won't care. They won't, yeah. care. they won't care at all. That's fine. They don't know anything different. They, they went outside the house <laughs> for the first time in, like, weeks on Sunday. We, like, went for our drive back to drop food off at my in-law's house. And, like, they wore their masks... In the car the whole way there, I'm like, you guys are. You guys can take them off. It's fine. Wait till we get there.
2: You're not letting them leave the house for weeks on end. You're building them <laughs> triple decker, triple decker bunk beds. They have to stay in the same took room when their bathroom. They have <laughs> no
1: bathroom. Yeah, no
2: bathroom. They're tearing up. They're doing demo work for your for your bathroom. These these kids builds character, Kevin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh. I think on that note. <laughs> Everybody uh, stay safe out there. Wash your hands, social distance, all of that. Um, speaking of staying safe, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supply to USL Elmas and US Soccer, they uh, have started making masks. Uh, you can oh, get cool. custom masks. So if you want to get some hounds masks, we have considered getting Mongols masks. Um, we'll see. But they have some like basic black masks, and then they also have some really cool Velcro ones. My issue is, I've we've made masks, but it like pulls on my ears and it hurts really bad. So I tried taking like a bandana and like velcroing it around my head, and that didn't work. It's like falling off my face. So this whole idea of like having something that like actually is designed for that purpose to like wrap around your face and velcro on the back is pretty uh, interesting. So we might explore that and get back to you. Um, yeah. So shout out to Roughneck. Shout out to Icarus FC uh not going to necessarily read the whole thing but obviously if you want custom kits Icarus fc um yeah we're going to see what we can do if you have any ideas or things you want to talk about you know maybe you want to come on the show and talk about it with us that's cool we're always looking for something to do so <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel here uh, so just <laughs> let us know uh if that's not incentive that's to right. come on to the show hey you know what <laughs> Blah, whatever <laughs> <laughs> If you just want to send me
1: the audio file, I'll post it. <laughs> Next week,
0: Real Housewives in
1: Nashville. That's all we're talking about.
0: <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.